Welcome to the Williamstown Church of Christ podcast. This is a sermon recording from one of our Sunday worship gatherings. We meet every Sunday at 10am on the corner of John Street and Douglas Parade, and we'd love to meet you. For more information, head to our website, willychurch.org.au. Enjoy and God bless you. So probably uh, a lot of you haven't heard of GMP before, um, and if you have heard of it, it's probably been through Safe Water September. Did any of you do get involved with Safe Water September at all uh, a couple of months ago? Possibly. Megan was posting about it on Facebook, so you might have seen it through that. Um, GMP just briefly exists uh, as a ministry within Churches of Christ, and one of our main aims is to connect our churches in Australia uh, with the wider global work of our church family, uh, to get alongside our brothers and sisters overseas and to encourage them and really help them to grow uh, in ways that we can do that. Part of what we do is also, um, like Megan said, the relief and development uh, side of of the work of the church. Uh, This is really about sharing the love of God, uh, sharing our compassion and our resources with others uh, in places where this really exists. Um, We're lucky uh, within Churches of Christ, we've actually had, with some of our partners, we work across Southeast Asia, India, Africa and the Pacific, and with some of our partners we've had long-term relationships, 125 years, uh, especially in the case of India and Vanuatu. So with those long-term relationships, um, with that sort of knowledge of of what's going on in these communities, we try and uh, work for the long-term good of these places. It's not just a quick, quick, short fix. Um, being the churches, because uh, as you'd know, churches of Christ, um, all sorts of different expressions in all sorts of different places, all sorts of different sizes. Um, and so as an agency, we're really able to uh, help churches um, come up uh, with sort of accountabilities in terms of ethics, in terms of finances around these things, so that what we're doing is, is um, done in a safe way. Uh, safe, uh, healthy and sustainable way. So that's kind of why we exist. There we go. Thank you. Um, Just to give you an idea of of what we do in 2017, um, all of our work gets done from churches and individuals. We don't have any funding from any state bodies or anything like that. So Churches of Christ in Australia were able to provide over 1,500 children with care and education, 7,500 with access to primary health care. Uh, And the other large part of our work is supporting churches. So we're connecting and supporting 760 churches and preaching points and also um, involved with 440 ministers, evangelists and church planters. So the work of Churches of Christ is much, much bigger uh, than just in Australia. All of our work happens through uh, the locals that we partner with. And... um, These people have a cultural capacity that we don't have. They have language. They're plugged into their communities. Um, We don't tend to work with expat Australian uh, workers anymore. We don't send people overseas. I think out of all the 440 uh, ministers that we support, only three of them are from Australia. So it's sort of my privilege to be able to share some of these stories with our churches. Um, it's great to be challenged and inspired by these things. Um, I hope that some of the stories I share with you this morning are, are challenging. Um, 
More than statistics, though, mission is something bigger. And we get a picture of this in the first chapter of Thessalonians. It's something I've been reading this week. Mission is not just about sharing the gospel as an activity or about caring for people. Paul gives us a picture in this earliest letter from the church. Um, and he says he's about sharing his life, sharing his very self with others with a great gentleness. He writes about caring for others like a nurse cares for her children. Let me share these words from Thessalonians. We always give thanks to God for all of you. Paul's writing to the church that he's helped establish. We give thanks for all of you and mention you in our prayers. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you. So deeply do we care for you that we are determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our very selves. Because you have come, become very dear to us. This is also the message of Christmas, is it not? It's not just about the activity of God, but it's about the character of God who shares his life with us, who sits down beside us in the dust. Mission is more than just an activity. Mission is the very character of God. So today, I'm going to be sharing a few stories that are behind the projects in this Great Gifts catalogue. You can look through this as I talk and try and identify which projects I'm talking about. But I want to encourage you, um, as you hear these things, to be creative in your hearing and ask yourself, what are some ways that I can sit beside others in friendship and in hope? This is what mission is about. And I hope that these stories become dear to you, just like the church in Thessalonica became dear to Paul. I'm going to start by talking about one of my favourite projects, uh, and that's training midwives in South Sudan. Some of you might know that South Sudan is, is the newest country in the world, and they've been wrecked by decades of civil war, and coupled with many issues, they've got one of the highest infant mortality rates in the world. People were delivering babies with a plastic sheet and a pair of scissors. Um, many women, to go to see the doctor, were going to sit and wait in a two-day line outside. In this province, in the Wheel province, no one else was doing much at all. And so Churches of Christ actually, through our South Sudanese congregations in Australia, got connected in here. And um, we were able to establish a midwives training school. The first cohort went through in 2015, and we sponsored 20 uh, midwives to go through that program. The good news from this story, uh, which really shows um, a great picture of what can happen uh, in, in a chain reaction of what happens when we follow uh, God in the world, is that the government said, hey, that looks like a really good idea. We're seeing changes. We're going to get involved. So the government took over the running of this building and they now tra uh, train 120 uh, people. So from that, that first cohort of 20, it's grown to 120 students. Um, I'm just going to put on a video now and that'll give you a good sense of, of, of this project. All right, so that's one of our... Um, you can see why it's my favourite story. It's just a very warm 
our story. John, <laughs> our um, thanks. Our director, John, was um, just in uh, South Sudan, and the international airport is still a tent. And um, he was up the road at, at um, a, uh, a children's um, education and, and home uh, run by Churches of Christ in, in South Sudan. And uh, he reports that uh, we had set up this home for 400 children, and he got there, and there were 900 kids. So um, there's huge need in that area. Um, moving on, uh, somewhere a bit closer to home, Bundaban Hills in Bangladesh. Uh, it's a growing network of Indigenous churches that we've been able to connect with over the last 10 years. Uh, as you might know, um, Bangladesh is one of the poorest countries in the world. Um, oh, I didn't have the train station. I had a great picture of a train station. Uh, Varna Baum, who's the director of that network, uh, just came out a couple of, probably about a month ago, um, to Melbourne and, and was sharing with a lot of our churches who support that work. And... Um, Varna's been involved for 10 years with this network. In that time, he's planted 17 churches with over 920 members. So he's doing a fantastic uh, job over there. In Bangladesh, it's very difficult to get around, to get up into the ethnic minorities up in the hills in, a, in an area that's under martial, martial law. Uh, Varna has to travel by uh, sampan, hiking up uh, these paths into the hills. And there he's been establishing uh, this network of churches with the local ethnic minority. Um, Varna spoke when he was here in Australia. He used a beautiful image. He said, sharing the gospel, telling people about the love of God is like being a uh, travel PowerPoint adapter. <coughs> okay, good. You know those adapters you get when you travel overseas? You can't just go overseas and plug your PowerPoints in. It doesn't work. You need to adapt. You need to get to know people. You need to plug into their culture, their language, their customs. You need to become friends. He spends a lot of time meeting with people. On the left is one of the churches uh, they're meeting. Um, and it's only when you sit and eat and uh, get to know people, when you get to love them for who they are, that you learn how to serve them. We need to get to love them first, and then we know how to serve them. And Varna's, in doing this, um, he's developed fantastic networks. The church is not just meeting as a worshiping community. They're also serving the local people uh, through things like um, this girls' um, hostel. So girls who are coming from those little jungle paths that you saw um, don't have to walk 30 k to school but can come and stay uh, in the town where there's access to education. Uh, they've got things like a pharmacy uh, going to provide medicine to people, again, in the hills um, who can't get it otherwise. And pigs. Pigs are a great way to get involved in the local economy. Um, raising and selling pigs gives a sustainable income for poorer families. And what they do, the church will buy the pig and give it to a family. The family puts in uh, the money to feed the pig and grow it up. And then selling it on in a few years' time, the church takes a percentage and the family takes a percentage. Um, so they've just bought, I think they've got about a dozen pigs at the moment, but it's a really um, especially in that economy where people are earning very little. Um, the minimum wage in Bangladesh is $5 a week. Um, and so having a pig for income makes a huge difference. So that's uh, Churches Christ in Bangladesh. And finally, Australia. We also 
um, with GMP, we look after the, uh, the Indigenous ministries within Churches of Christ. Uh, we work in numerous locations across the country, a lot of work especially in WA, which is a historical centre for that. Um, closest to home is the Footscray uh, Melbourne Indigenous Church Fellowship, which you might have come across. They're in the evenings. You should get along and, if you're interested in seeing that service, uh, meeting some Indigenous people, uh, get along to that. But next closest to home would be uh, up in Dayton, next to Mildura. Um, there, Dayton used to be an Aboriginal mission. The local primary school is about 90% Indigenous kids. Um, we established the Dayton Youth and Community Centre uh, earlier this year. It's just been open for just under a year now, and, and the centre's connecting with about 20 young kids after school every day. Um, just sounds like a place to hang out, but it's very significant in the lives of these kids. Um, there's long-term social entrenched problems uh, in this community, especially around alcohol abuse and family violence. And also, a lot of these kids uh, have been diagnosed with PTSD, believe it or not. Um, so it's a really hopeful program. There's cartooning classes, there's gardening, and there's Ilka, a Turkish man who's running the centre. Um, we also support uh, uh, an Indigenous community pastor and his family who work in the community, uh, building connections with the Indigenous people there. So there's a, a quick snapshot of, of three, um, three places, quite different things that we do um, around the world and in Australia. There's lots of ways to get involved if you're keen to be involved um, further. Uh, we run a, a trip, this is a fun one, up to the New South Wales coast. For anyone interested in volunteering uh, for a weekend at the Indigenous Surf Titles up there, it's, a, it's an interesting ministry run by the local Aboriginal uh, Christian community. Um, and a great way to spend time in, I think it's in October. Um, but um, sharing news, I think one of the best ways to have your heart changed and to um, grow to care and love for others is to just read stories. Um, we put out a fantastic newsletter um, by email uh, and videos that are coming out all the time. So I'm actually going to pass around a, a sign-up sheet. If anyone wants to just keep in touch and share these family stories, um, thanks, Megan. Pop your name down there, and you won't get too much, probably once a month um, in your email. So I encourage you um, to um, take a look at these projects. Often we say we don't need anything for Christmas, um, and some of these projects, they really do contribute to um, life-changing things. Um, it's also a great presence in our community. If you want to share the work of, of the church um, with others, this is a great way uh, to do it. In the future, you might also like to write a call. There's all sorts of interactive ways you can get involved with, with our Christmas campaigns. I'm going to share um, very briefly now uh, a short message on um, the idea of courage in mission, bravery. Because whenever we talk about mission... We often uh, think, we, we hear all these wonderful stories about all these individuals who push out and do wonderful things and plant churches and look after babies. Um, touch the untouched with the love of God. But this bravery can often seem so far away from our everyday lives. It seems to happen way out there where these brave individuals are working on our behalf so far away from our comfortable lives. I want to shift our understanding of mission a little bit, starting with this image. It's a picture of a toilet in Vietnam. 
A project that gets tucked away behind all our headline projects, it's actually in the Great Gifts Catalogue this year, um, gets a small paragraph on our annual report, and it's not terribly glamorous. It's for building toilets in rural Vietnam in the muddy back blocks for disabled people who can't uh, really get very good access where they are. Nothing too exciting. Not your typical front page news. Yet this image really is at the heart of why we exist as a mission organisation and as a church. The bravery of Christian mission I want to explore is like a toilet. Something which is right in the middle of everyday life. Tingling with excitement, she laced up her boots, slung a light backpack over her shoulder and headed out into the cold night. It was time for a journey to who knows where. Like all good adventures, there would be danger, challenges to face, riddles to solve, perhaps treasure or profound wisdom or untold beauty to find. Just like the beginning of the Christmas story, so often our stories of bravery begin here, with an adventure, with a steady, hardened face pushing out to the edges of the world, seeking something new. But does this image of bravery and adventure fit with the Christian call to mission? Here are some words to consider. Then he went about among the villagers teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two. He gave them authority over unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff. No bag, no bread, no money, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you are, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed the good news and cast out demons and cured the sick. When the going gets tough... Sorry, I didn't flip that over, did I? There we go. And it's in Mark, because you're in Mark at the moment. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Is Jesus saying in this passage that mission needs a steady face, a hardened face of bravery, heading off down a dusty track as the hardened, gritty faces of villagers stare back? Was this the case with our pioneer missionaries and ministers within Churches of Christ? Like Mary Thompson, a single woman, travelling by bullet cart through dusty, Rural India in the late 1800s, our first overseas missionary. Or Doug Nichols, weathering the boos of racist football fans, tough as nails as he pioneered Indigenous welfare work in Fitzroy, fought for Aboriginal rights and then went on to become Governor of South Australia. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. In stories like these, we hear of courageous individuals living out their faith on the edge. But is a brave face enough to keep you going day after day when home and family are far away? Is a brave face enough to keep you going when there just isn't enough food or medicine? 
when governments push back against you every move, when war, famine, disease loom constantly on the horizon. I suspect that in the end, a brave face just doesn't cut it. Bravery that is only skin deep melts away. We need a deeper sort of confidence, a different game plan. Bravery that doesn't begin with a hardened edge, but with a softened, vulnerable heart. Jesus, the man of the edge, with nowhere to lay his head, trudging down the dusty streets, eating with the outcasts of society. Jesus, the softened, vulnerable heart of God. In the middle of life, mission is to discover a living God who meets us in love. This is why we build toilets in Vietnam. Not because it's popular, not because it's ethical, not because we get likes on Facebook, certainly not exciting, but because the greatest adventure of all is to discover God's renewing, dignifying life in the middle of life, in the back blocks of life. So how are we to understand Jesus' instructions, take nothing with you for the journey? No staff, no bag, no bread, no money. These seem to be words about heart and bravery, doing everything by yourself. Or perhaps they're words about dependence. Take nothing with you but the humble confession on your lips. This is my body, broken for you. A huge storm was smashing the disciples' boat. Suddenly, a figure appeared walking on the water, and they were afraid. Peter, putting on a brave face, Stood up, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. And he stepped off the side of the boat. But then he saw the wind and he heard the almighty breath of God rushing around. He felt weak. He was just a tiny speck of dust in a stormy world of destruction, beginning to sink. Peter cried out, Lord, save me. When war, famine, hatred, loss, hardship, hopelessness, when these things threaten, real courage begins in vulnerability. Confident not in our strength, but in a loving God who gives life. Mission begins here, in humble, generous faith, with hearts that trust in God's life. And I think if we're brave enough to begin here... The adventure takes care of itself. Let's pray. Loving God of the edge, push into our lives, come into the dusty back blocks of who we are and our relationships and the world around us and sit beside us and show us your heart. We thank you that this is your character a character of love and care 
And we ask that you make our hearts vulnerable too. Give us the courage to be vulnerable. Give us the courage to be generous. Give us the courage to step out in faith and to see what happens. Take us on an adventure and show us into life. Amen.